Hey friends, this is Sotobi bringing you episode 32 of Mom Strength. In this episode, I share my true, raw, honest, personal experience of my first birth, my home birth with my daughter four years ago now. And this is a personal story and it's a positive birth experience story. So whether you're pregnant, expecting, trying to conceive, or you're postpartum or you work with pregnant and postpartum people, come settle in for a good story. But before we get started, welcome to Mom Strength, a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as the Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Mom Strength. This is Surabi Veach, and I am excited to share with you my birth story for my first birth, my, my home birth with my daughter four years ago now. So in honor of her fourth birthday coming up, I am recording her birth story. Now I'm literally going to read to you word for word what I wrote um, after her birth. I think I wrote this a few days or a week after her birth. It wasn't right right away as I would have loved to do because there's so much you forget so soon and um but either way there's lots of detail there's nine pages so I'm not sure how long this episode's going to be but I'm sharing this with you in the hopes that you can hear from um mom's perspective what a birth is like what a home birth is like what an unmedicated birth is like and um understand a little bit more the range of emotions that goes on and whether you've had a baby whether you're expecting um, or whether you work with people who have children, I hope that this helps you see that birth is beautiful and um, natural, but not natural at the same time. And it is all of the emotions, all of the things. And before I talk forever, I'm going to get started with my birth story. Okay, so let's get started. Serene, calm, warm, loving supportive, welcoming, empowering, amazing. These are the words I can use to describe my daughter's birth. Just over a week ago, I was in labor, fully dilated, chilling in her tub, breathing baby down. When I reached into the birth path, i.e. my vagina, I could feel her soft little head. It was an amazing, surreal, and life-changing experience. This is the story of my daughter's beautiful birth. At 4.12 a.m. on... Sunday, May 20th, I was lying on my right side when my eyes opened wide and I noticed the time, 4.15 a.m. Our clock is set to three minutes faster, so the real time was 4.12, but what I saw was 4.15. A a split second later, I heard and felt a pop. I knew then that my water membranes had ruptured. I was calmly excited and slightly nervous. First thing I wanted to make sure was that the amniotic fluid was clear, indicating no meconium i.e. no need to go to the hospital. Second, I wanted to make sure 
it was, it didn't smell, again, indicating no issues. I woke my husband up quickly and asked him to get me a towel so I could hold it against my leaking vagina. I went to the bathroom and saw a little pinkish mucus and knew that there was knew that that was the bloody show. It was nothing like a period or anything heavy, just some pinky red tinged mucus. Soon after my water broke, my surges began. Now looking back on it, it's very difficult to remember the timing, the intensity, or what I was doing and feeling. I feel like I was in a daze most of the time, drifting in and out of sleep and consciousness. As soon as my water broke, I knew my goal was to try to get more sleep. I put on the hypnobirthing rainbow relaxation soundtrack and passed right out. My husband was there getting the place ready, doing dishes, tossing the trash, getting me water, ice cubes, watermelon, bagel, black bean brownie, Lara bars, etc. FYI, this is as an aside, I made a list of everything for him to do the day of when I went into labor, things to get prepared. So everything was done beforehand. Anyways, getting back to my story. With some of the early surges, I could feel warm amniotic fluid gush out of my vagina. It felt so surreal. I could actually feel the pressure from baby's head moving around, causing more fluid to leak. Once it was morning at 7.54 a.m., according to my phone records, my husband paged my midwife, our midwife on call, Hava, to let her know that I was in labor and that my water broke. We had a 12-minute conversation. Hava wanted to speak to me and check in to make sure amniotic fluid was clear and that I wasn't, that I was sure it wasn't urine. She also was asking how I was dealing with the surges. She said, she, she said she and the student Cody would drop by sometime in the morning to check in and do an early labor assessment. Towards the end of the phone call, I had a surge and Hava encouraged me that I was doing so well. Hava suggested my husband take my temperature under my tongue every four hours. My first temperature reading was 36.3, which is slightly low, but normal for me. At 11 a.m., Hava called and said she was on her way with a student. They arrived at around noon. I had informed my husband that I did not want the student involved with any assessment or palpation because she was too rough and I knew I would not be relaxed. So I had just, as an aside again, I had just met the student like once before I went into labor because the old midwife student had just graduated and then it was like a new semester. So I had just literally met her and their handling was too rough. I completely support students and everything. But at that point with my first birth, I was just like, "Mm -mm, nope. So getting back to my story. As soon as they arrived, my husband spoke with them outside and, and they were totally okay with it, with not having the student involved. Hava came and took my temperature. It was 37.3, which was normal. She also used the Doppler and the baby stethoscope to listen to baby's heart rate and everything sounded great. She wanted to take a swab of amniotic fluid from one of my wet pads, but I was just naked in bed with a towel against my crotch. We had already wet a few towels, but tough to take a swab from a wet towel. I told Hava I was 100% confident it was amniotic fluid because I haven't been able to pee that much in months. Plus, I sh- I s- or, th- or that easily in months. Plus, I saw the show when I went to pee. Hava seemed to be comfortable with my confidence and they took off. They said to page her if things progressed, but that they might not that they might not progress till the morning. So if she hadn't heard from us by the next morning, she would call to check in on us. I remember thinking, no way this is going to last all the way till next morning. As my labor progressed, I needed my husband there every second. I felt like when he was there holding my hand and supporting me, I could do anything. His calm positivity and reassurance that I could do that, that I am doing it, was all that I needed to get me through some of the more intense surges. 
some surges would last four to five deep breaths in and out. I practiced my surge breathing during the surges, getting as much oxygen in as possible and blowing it out. trying to count really quickly to 20 on the way in and out, as I learned in hypnobirthing. Some surges even lasted eight minutes long during early labor. That one surge was probably the most tough mentally, although not physically. Since I was in a daze most of early labor, I was drifting in and out of sleep. I had no idea what time it was, and I was shocked to find out later that I was in early labor until about 7, 7.30 p.m. that evening. During early labor, I kept reciting in my head that I'm opening up for my baby. My baby is healthy, happy, and well. I am loose and open. I stay calm and relaxed. My husband kept reciting that I was going deeper and that I am staying calm and relaxed. And those little messages were amazing. FYI, we learned that in hypnobirthing. Back to my story. I kept picturing myself opening up like a flower. I dealt with the surges by breathing in and keeping my jaw, mouth, and throat open, loose, and relaxed. I would blow out like a camel or moo like a cow. I found moaning in a low tone really helped too. It was something I could focus my energy on rather than focus on the intensity of the surge. I would also cycle my legs in and out of extension when the surges got really intense. I know in a way I was tensing up my perineum and anus to deal w- to help deal, but I figured I just needed to get through each surge and breathe through the next one if I couldn't breathe through the current one. As my labor progressed into active labor, which means surges are closer together, about four minutes apart, lasting for one minute, I found that the rest periods shortened, but the surges in some ways were easier to deal with. I could count four to five or four to six surge breaths, and then the intensity would lower and I could go back to deep breathing. Breathe in for four, blow out relaxed for eight. I really found focusing on the breath to be so helpful. I felt like I was staying relaxed and handling it really well. Again, I would start to panic if my husband left the room for a second, example, to make a phone call or to get me a snack. I would feel my breathing change and know that the next surge would be too intense if he didn't come back and hold me. As soon as I could feel the surge coming on, I would say, I would yell for my husband and he would come rushing back to hold me. If I didn't mention earlier, I spent most of early and active labor lying on my left side in my bed with Snoogle, which is a pregnancy pillow. I tried sitting on the exercise ball in early labor, which was all right, but I found it to be more intense because baby's head was pushing so much pressure onto my rectum. I seemed to prefer standing on my or standing or lying on my left side. Sitting was too much. My husband was making sure I was staying hydrated by taking little sips of water, chewing on NRC ice cubes, etc., and that I was peeing regularly as much as it felt not so great to sit on the toilet. During early labor, I liked standing and leaning against him and swaying side to side, slow dancing. It felt so comfortable and safe. My love for him grew so much more that day and has continued to grow since. During active labor, we tried the TENS machine which stands for transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation machine, but it was too flimsy and too hard for it to actually do anything. Although we left it on my sacrum for a while anyway, we tried the heat pack, which helped a bit. Honestly, they were just things to distract me from the surges and it worked. I found I started to ask for amma too, just instinctually. Amma means mom in Tamil. Whenever I was sick as a kid, I would yell, Amma, and she would come rushing in to soothe me. I felt moaning, Amma, when I was going through a surge was helpful. 
I didn't really want her physically present. She would probably say the wrong thing and cause increased tension instead of relaxation. But I knew she was there with me mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to help give me the strength to get through this. At 7.59 p.m., my husband called Hava again to let her know I was in active labor for about one to two hours now. We had an eight and a half minute phone call where Hava confirmed she was on her way. She asked if I had been moving around. I told her I was most comfortable lying on my left side. She suggested I try getting in the tub and she heard me have a couple more surges. I could hear her tone change from a bit more relaxed, yeah, I'll be there in a little bit, to, okay, I'm going to grab a quick snack and head there right away. Page me if things change or if you start having the urge to bear down. I knew that she realized that I was seriously in active labor. It made me happy because I knew I was close to meeting our little baby. Hava had asked if I was comfortable with the student coming to the labor, and I declined. I was happy that the student would not be there, and I felt myself relax even more. My entire labor so far was going according to my dreams, to our dreams and our plan. Funny enough, as soon as I got in the tub, my whole perineum and pelvic floor relaxed, and I realized that I did have, did start having the urge to bear down. I got really nervous that I would have the baby before the midwife got there. It felt like so much pressure on my rectum, like I had to have a really big poop, and if I clenched it, it would just hurt. If I relaxed it, it would also hurt, but it felt more like I was going with the flow, so I started to learn to just relax even more during the surges. The tub was very calming. I could just relax and sink my body into it, again in left side lying with my husband supporting my head and neck. At 9.05 p.m., Hava called and arrived. She listened to baby's heart rate and was very happy. She said baby was very happy. She also asked if she could do a vaginal exam. I asked if it would hurt. She said not really and that she needed to do one to know when the pa- when to page the second midwife. She asked if I could lie on my right side because then she could reach in with her dominant right hand to feel. I moved on to my right side, which was not comfortable at all, so I had to quickly move back to my left side. I rotated around in the tub so I was a bit closer to the edge where she could reach in. She palpated and said the baby's head was right there and that she was going to page the midwife. At that point, I don't think I'd realized just what was happening. I didn't realize that I was already fully dilated. The quote unquote hard work of the surges was done. I didn't realize my baby's head was actually palpable right inside my vagina. Hava suggested I palpate to feel it and that way I could direct my breathing down. I was a bit apprehensive when she suggested I palpate, but then soon felt felt in. I could feel baby's head about one inch from the edge of my vagina. I was so amazed that I was laying my fingers on her. At that point, I did not know that it was a girl, of course. I felt a really soft scalp and assumed she had no hair. I was totally mistaken on that. With my husband's support and have us calm, confident, soothing encouragement, I continued to breathe my baby down. Hava would listen with a Doppler between surges. Our second midwife, CJ, who we'd never met before, arrived likely close to 10 p.m.-ish or even a bit later. She got the rest of the place ready for the home birth because we all thought I would deliver this baby in the tub. I didn't see CJ till about 11 p.m. because she was busy doing stuff. As soon as I saw her calm, reassuring face, I felt so comfortable. It was amazing that these women could put me so much at ease and not give me any apprehension or anxiety at all. My husband was amazing the entire time. I could feel his arm fatigue from holding my head up, but he would not budge. Hava suggested he kneel on a towel, but he said he was okay. I really did feel like him and I did this together and that it wasn't just me birthing our baby. At some point, there were fireworks going on for Victoria Day. 
It felt so cool like the whole world was celebrating our little girl to be born soon. Over the next couple hours, I managed to stay in the tub and breathe baby down so to close to the edge of my vagina. They would check my blood pressure once in a while and check my temperature once in a while and all was normal. My surges had slowed down in frequency and intensity. Baby's heart rate was nice and secure. Hava suggested I could change positions, so I tried going on my hands and knees, which actually increased the rectal pressure even more. I continued to breathe my baby down, but Hava said that if I wanted baby to come sooner, I could try bearing down or pushing more. She explained how to do that, i.e. a Valsalva. I semi-tried it, but snuck in air slash breaths and kept my glottis open. All I could think of was no purple pushing. So I think in some ways I did not trust that I needed to do that to birth the baby. I thought I knew better and kept thinking, no, I'm just going to relax and let the baby, my baby come out naturally like the hypnobirthing suggested. So I tried half pushing for a bit. I sat on the squatty potty in the tub as if it was a birth stool. I pushed for a bit on that. Hava suggested if I was open to homeopathics, I could try a labor tincture, which would help increase the frequency and intensity of my surges. I said, okay. She gave me a dropper full, which tasted awful like a shot of yager. I chased it down with some water. I'm not sure how much it actually helped, but mentally I was happy that she suggested something more natural instead of at the hospital where they would have been happy to pump me full of Pitocin by then. Then CJ asked, when was the last time I peed or when the last time I peed was? It had been a while. My bladder was distended, easily palpable on my pelvis since I was so preggers. I told them I had a lot of trouble emptying my bladder over the past couple weeks. They suggested I get out of the tub and try to sit on the toilet or I could pee in the tub, except I couldn't even if I tried. So I got out of the tub, sat on the toilet, which immediately increased the rectal pressure and discomfort. I was on the toilet for probably 10 minutes, but no urine escaped. I then decided to try the birth stool on the bathroom floor under Hava's recommendation. Hava also recommended that my husband sit on the bathtub behind me and stimulate my nipples quite aggressively. Nipple stimulation would help increase the surges, which is good because we really wanted to meet our baby. Once I sat on the stool with the nipple stimulation, it got really intense. That was around midnight. 12.03 a.m. is when I officially started semi-Valsalva pushing. So for those of you who don't know, as an aside, that Valsalva pushing is when you are purple pushing is when you are bearing down breath holding and your face is kind of going red and purple and that is actually not generally recommended because that creates a lot of pressure and it can create a lot of trauma into your perineum your pelvic floor so I was semi doing that I was really I was bearing down I was pushing but I was also letting some air out of my mouth to release some of that pressure so that I wasn't just creating this huge amounts of pressure into my pelvic floor and my abdomen. So I tried that for a bit. Back to my story. Hava was reaching in with lubricated gloved hands and directing the pressure onto my perineum so I know I knew where to push. I found her hands and her pressure there really guided me, helped guide me. I knew to direct the pressure towards my rectum, but I found her physical sensation helped me push even more strongly there. I could also tell Hava was physically working hard to expand my perineum and pelvis. As her hands were in there, CJ would listen for baby's heart rate. Baby's heart rate was great the entire time I was in the tub. However, when I got on the birth stool, it started to dip down to around 110. I knew by my previous conversation with Hava about the importance of baby's heart rate to stay stable and not stay decelerated for too long, that this was not the best sign. I could see it in their faces that baby was getting a bit stressed. I think because of my discomfort, my fatigue by that point, the fact that I was now staring into the clock and realizing that I only had a bit of time left before midnight 
and that I felt like I had been quote unquote pushing for hours already. I knew my stress level was a bit higher than prior. I knew my stress was affecting my baby. I started to calmly deep breathe, which would help baby's heart rate come back up a bit between surges. Hava and CJ were still calm and relaxed. CJ said a couple of things that were so helpful. She said it was okay to be afraid. She said it's okay to be afraid, but still push through anyway. CJ also said that pushing was just like sex. You just keep going and it keeps building until you finish. It made me chuckle inside because I do, do tend to hold back even with sex. I feel like growing up in such a conservative culture and household, I can't let my inner beast loose unless um, I'm really trying. I quickly decided I was going to do this. I was going to release my baby out. Both CJ and Hava confidently said that I could do this and that I was going to birth my baby. It really helped hearing their reassuring words and I knew they trusted me and my body and my baby. I knew they were not going to suggest any additional interventions unless absolutely needed. They gave me another dropper full of the labor tincture. I happily obliged. I also had some NRC ice cubes which I felt gave me helped give me a bit of energy back and at the same time gave me a mental break from thinking about pushing. I was very thirsty and likely hungry by then, but felt like there was too much going on for me to chug back water or eat something. I said very little to conserve energy, and I knew food wasn't going to be the thing that would help me birth baby. I knew that whatever it was, it was already in me, and that I could do it. I kept asking them whether I could do it, and they confidently reassured me that I could do it, and that I was doing it. I kept repeating that I could do it, and that I was going to try to stay loose, open, and birth my baby. With the baby's heart rate decelerating a bit more in between surges, Hava said that my baby was telling us that they want to be born. In my heart, I realized I needed to get serious with the pushing because if I didn't, things may not be optimal, i.e. they may need to transport me or baby to the hospital. Although Hava and CJ never let on that they were concerned, being in healthcare myself, I know to read signs and body language. Hava and CJ said later that if they were actually really concerned, they would have been moving a lot quicker. (laughs) Anyway, at that point, Hava and CJ suggested I move to the bed and lie down on my back in the happy baby position because they that would be more effective. I would be lying if I said I was not anxious at this point. I got up from the birth stool and said, I have to get out of here or something along those lines. The flight or fight response had been activated. I got on the bed and immediately started shivering uncontrollably. Asked my husband to help me put on socks and give him the warming blanket. They laid towels over me and I kept whining that I was still cold. Eventually, I started to warm up. Hava suggested my husband continue with the nipple stimulation. As much as I was dreading that the surges, I knew I wanted the surges to come back in frequency intensity because that would be what would allow me to birth my baby. I couldn't tolerate being in happy baby too long. Happy baby is a position where you're lying on your back with your legs up. Kind of similar to the, you know, scenes in the hospital where your legs are back and you're in the stirrup, your feet are in the stirrups, or you're on your back and your feet are in the stirrups. So I couldn't tolerate being in happy baby too long. So I rolled over a bit onto my left side so that I was in left side lying in semi-supine. So kind of on my left side, kind of on my back. My husband had my right leg way up and I was struggling to pull my pull up my left leg. Havis started applying more pressure on my perium and helping me and helping to guide my pushing. I started to actually Valsalva push, although I would vocalize a bit to let the air escape. I realized I was making a lot of noise and in the back of my head wondered when the, when the neighbors what the neighbors would think. On another level, I didn't care about anything but birthing my baby. As the surges drew closer together again and grew more intense, Hava would suggest I do three big pushes with each surge. 
She would rub my belly soothingly in a rhythmic pattern to encourage the surge. Along with the nipple stimulation, it was working. CJ brought the coconut oil to pour over my perineum. It was too cold at first and I complained, so she asked my husband to hold a bottle under his armpit (laughs) and hot compresses for my perineum, which were a huge help because it helped me relax my perineum even more. I have no idea what time I got on the bed. As I was pushing, I could palpate and feel baby's head emerge from my vagina. It was small at first and then grew to the diameter of a golf ball and then slowly got a bit bigger. Have a said our baby had a lot of hair. I was so excited to just meet our baby already. I started getting into the pushing and kept verbalizing that I could do this. I was going to birth my baby. My husband was there telling me the entire time that I could do it. Now, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a sports match in our room with people yelling and cheering. It was a calm, reassuring, confident encouragement that Hava, CJ, and my husband gave me. Hava helped me direct my pushing but did not take over or act as if she was telling me what to do. She was just guiding me to do what my body was naturally doing. She was just encouraging it to go along better so that baby wasn't getting stressed. Baby's heart rate seemed to stabilize very quickly as soon as I lay down in bed. I think my body was just tired then, so me physically lying down instead of stretching my perineum on the birth stool seemed to help me relax. The nice thermophore heating blanket on my chest helped too. I just felt cozy and loved. As baby got really close to crowning, I could feel a burning, intense sensation. I felt like everything would tear open. I kept telling them my ass felt like it was going to tear apart. I kept saying, I feel my ass burn. My husband reminded me at some point the little note from Ina May's book that no one had has ever split apart pushing. It just feels like it. I still remember knowing as I was pushing that this was going to be it. As I gave one big final push, I could feel baby's head slide out. Hava told me to huff at that time, so I did the That was likely to keep me open and to give them time to rotate the baby and remove the umbilical cord out of the way if it was in the way and also helped to decrease tearing. After that, baby pretty much slid right out, and I don't remember having to do any more pushing for that. My husband said he looked down at one point and saw half the head, and then when he looked down again, he could see Hava rotating the baby, and he saw a face. He said he was like, whoa, at that point. Within a split second at exactly 1.30 a.m. and around 30 seconds, baby was out of me, and I was reaching down and grabbing baby to put on my chest. Hava was holding the umbilical cord as it was continuing to pulse. CJ was wiping baby down and she said she would use the nasal aspirator as baby had a bunch of mucus in her mouth and nose. Baby was not crying right away, but after the nasal aspirator and the deeper suction in the nose and mouth, baby let out a nice cry. I looked down at what appeared to be a girl, but then we lifted her off my chest to double check and it was indeed our very own little girl. She was so alert and wide-eyed and not really crying after the suctioning stopped. She lay on my chest and it felt so surreal. I thought I would be bawling in tears when I delivered, but the whole experience and environment was so calm, warm, and loving that I didn't feel the need to cry. I could just feel joy, relief, and my love growing for our little girl. As I looked down at our little miracle with her head full of hair, I was just so, so amazed. I felt intense gratification and also gratitude for Hava and CJ for helping empower me and for trusting me and my baby to do this. I mean, Hava accidentally sat in my placenta blood and she did not seem upset. How do you thank someone that has been such an important part of your life? Labor and birthing is by far the most amazing thing my body has ever done. Well, also the whole pregnancy and growing a baby thing too. 
Hava and CJ are really so kind-hearted and you can tell that they love their job. I thank them for helping me do this and I said I couldn't have done it without them. I told them I felt so comfortable with them despite having just met CJ today. It really takes a special type of person to be a midwife and they are excellent midwives. Both Hava and CJ were so genuine. Hava said that I did this myself and that I was the one who did the work. I really appreciated that because I did feel like no matter what, I did this. We did this, my baby and I. We make a great team. Our family is so lucky to have just us and two midwives present at our baby's birth. Only one vaginal exam was done, and after that, I was fully dilated. And that was after I was fully dilated. No extra tests or assessments needed. No excessive poking or prodding. Once baby was born, they gave her the vitamin K injection in her in her left thigh. Once the cord stopped pulsing, my husband cut the cord, which was a super cool experience for him, I'm sure. My placenta was born at 1.40 a.m. with a gentle little push. It was way bigger than I thought it would be. It was a very healthy and great-looking placenta. Hava gave us a tour of the placenta, and CG took a print of the placenta on white printer paper. It looks super cool, like the tree of life. They gave me an injection of oxytocin to my right thigh. I had expectant management of postpartum bleeding, and I guess they must have felt I was bleeding a bit more than they were comfortable with, so they just gave me the shot. It was not a big deal, and I didn't feel any pain. I felt mild cramps as my uterus continued to contract postpartum. However, all I could think of was how right it felt to hold her little girl and how right everything in the world felt at that time. I also remember mentioning to the midwives how surprised I was at how hard I had to push. They seemed pretty unsurprised and matter-of-factly said, yep, this is how it is. They said I had a pretty fast labor considering I was fully dilated in two hours of active labor, assuming 4 to 10 centimeters dilation, although it was never manually checked until I was already fully dilated. My pushing time of one and a half hours was pretty typical too. In that first hour, they wanted to make sure I peed, otherwise they would have had to cather- catheterize me. Luckily, as soon as I sat down on the toilet, I could pee and no pain. My belly was cone shaped, flopping out of my huge diastasis. Everything felt so loose. The midwives made sure I drank and ate something. They said I had a big, good sized baby. I'd guessed seven pounds, five ounces, and my husband guessed seven pounds, 14. And he was super close because she was seven, 15. Amazing. That was the exact same weight I was when I was born 3,600 grams. She had a good head circumference and length. CG did a quick newborn scan, all perfect. She had some lanugo, baby hairs, all over her back, shoulders, and ears, and forehead. Hava reassured us that that would fall off long before her first date. (laughs) Although with my husband and I being so hairy, who knows? We thought our little girl was just the cutest. Her chubby cheeks had full of hair, large, bright, alert eyes. Hava made a comment that she's not sure if we're spiritual, but there's something some babies have when they're born. Like they just know. They have those alert, knowing eyes like, I've been here before. I know you guys. Apparently they lose that look as they become toddlers, etc. But Hava said that our baby had those eyes. I totally got what she meant because I felt like our little girl just felt so right. She wasn't scared or crying hysterically. She was calm and confident lying on her mummy. Ah, I love her so much. The other amazing thing is that CG took pictures of me in late labor and pushing. You can see my daughter's head just before she started to crown. You can see how stretched out my vulva and vagina and perineum were. Despite all that, no tears. Can you believe it? An almost eight pound baby and no tears. Hava said I had some small vertical labial grazes on either side, kind of like a stretch mark tear, but that she didn't have to do stitches unless I wanted. Stitches would be more sore initially, but help it heal 
more quickly, but she said she didn't feel I needed them. I declined stitches because why do more unnecessarily when my body would take care of the healing? Hava applied some lidocaine on it and left a couple bottles and gloves behind so I could use lidocaine for the sting. Hava and CJ suggested I take acetaminophen, max 400 milligrams per day, and ibuprofen, max 24 milligrams per day together. They said that this wasn't the time to kid around with the meds and that I likely would need the big guns. Hava gave me my first dose of ibuprofen and Tylenol, and we said we would just buy some bottles for later. I mean, my perineum was sore, but it wasn't that bad. I've been more sore after a long bike ride and chafing. Obviously, everything kind of felt raw and swollen, and my muscles were aching all over and fatigue. After 21 hours of laboring, birthing, slash being awake, it makes sense. But overall, it really wasn't that bad. I cannot say any part of the labor, birthing, or postpartum experience was too hard to handle. Nothing was painful per se. There were intense feelings, burning feelings, pressure. Perhaps a couple times I said it hurt and it said I can't do this. But as soon as my birth team said you can do it, I went back to repeating the positive affirmations. Some things I've learned through my experience with pregnancy, labor, birth, and birthing our new baby, beautiful baby. One, never underestimate the human body, particularly the female body. It can push out an eight-pound baby with no tears and in less than a week later return back to a relatively normal state. Two, positive affirmations work. All those months of hypnobirthing and conditioning my brain and body to do what is it, what it is designed to made a huge difference. Three, your birth companion, i.e. my husband must be able to stay calm and supportive in order for you as the mom to feel safe and secure. Four, trust your body and your baby to do what they're designed to. Be confident. Five, you can do things even if you are afraid to. It is okay to be afraid, but it's important to have the courage and strength to push past fears and just do it. Six, childbirth is something I'm so grateful for, to experience and to be a part of. It felt like such a liberating and empowering experience. Never have I loved or been proud of my body so much for allowing me to grow my baby and to birth her. When I weighed myself a few hours postpartum, I was down to 107 pounds. Between the baby being almost 8 pounds, the placenta weighing, likely weighing 4 to 5 pounds, and the amniotic fluid, I had lost all of my baby weight. And no stretch marks and no tearing. The whole thing is an amazing miracle, but also a huge reminder to trust my body. Even now, as my diastasis is slowly coming back together, I'm amazed at how quickly things are tightening back up considering she was born only nine days ago. Surround your, And number seven, surround yourself with positive people and they will make you feel like you can do anything. My friend Nikki was the most positive influence for me in choosing to do a home birth, to pick a midwife, and to trusting my body. My birth team of my husband and midwives were super positive and supportive. They never made me feel bad about any part of my body or baby. I'm sure there are details that I'm now forgetting and I wish I had the energy to write all this down ASAP postpartum, but this is as good as it's going to get. It's amazing with the sleep deprivation the first week postpartum how you forget things so quickly. I will never never forget reaching down for our baby girl after birthing, but I do forget the feelings, the sensations, the thoughts during labor and birthing. Most of labor and breathing baby down, I was in a daze. During the birth, I was quite alert and fatigued, but have never felt stronger. The uterus is a miracle muscle and organ. I have such great respect for women everywhere. I also wish that every woman, for every woman, that she gets to have the birth that she wants and not the birth that is chosen for her. I am so glad I did not have a hospital birth. My daughter was born at home where she belongs. She did not leave home until day five. We created a happy, comfortable nest for her and are slowly... are introducing her to new experiences. She is thriving, feeding well, gaining weight, and starting to smile more. She's the cutest human being I've ever seen. 
I fall more in love with her every time every time I feed her and I hold her. I'm amazing I'm amazed at her coos, her little sounds, her sighs, her maddening hiccups, her stretches when you wake her, her cute little pouty, sad, scrunchy face. I love everything about her and our family of three. I feel so lucky and I know my daughter is so lucky to have us as her parents. We care so much about her and we will do our best to make her always feel loved, safe, secure, confident, respected, and supported. Wow, that was my birth story for my daughter. And she is going to be four years old soon. Reading that, it it's wild because I remember, but I also don't remember in that level of detail. And I'm so glad that I wrote that down. I wanted to say that if you are listening to this and you didn't have a home birth or you had a hospital birth or you had a birth that you didn't plan for, that you got, that you were unhappy about, that, or you're not, you know, you maybe you haven't had a birth yet. I want you to know that you are amazing. You are whole. You are beautiful. You are powerful. You are strong. And there's so much privilege and there's so much luck and there's so much everything else that goes along with having a good positive birth um, experience and empowered experience. But there are things that you can do to prepare yourself as much as possible. Things like practicing breath work, meditation, practicing positive affirmations, working with a pelvic health physiotherapist to prepare your perineum for birth. And it's more than just a physical preparation. It's a mind-body preparation. I have my prenatal and birth prep webinar that is for sale. That's a 90 minutes of lots of information that helps get you started on um, the right step, whether you're you know, in your first trimester or your third trimester, I share breathing strategies for birth um, through pregnancy and, and for laboring and birth as well. I share stretches, I share mindset and discussions to have with your birth partner, whether it's your spouse, whether it's a parent or a sibling or a doula, all of the things that I really feel are often missed during typical um, hospital-based or community-based birth birth prep classes, I feel like I really covered a lot of those other things that were missed. So go check that out. I'll link it through the show notes. Um, it feels really vulnerable to share my birth story and um, it because it is quite personal. I never intended to share it, but something that my midwife said to me after my second birth Andrea, she suggested that I do share it because people need to hear more positive birth experiences. People need to hear more quote unquote normal birth experiences. And by normal, I don't mean whether it's vaginal or cesarean. I mean, just a good positive experience that without excessive interventions, without excessive tearing or negative outcomes, because that is the stuff that we often don't hear. We don't often hear those good positive stories and I want to spread a little bit more positivity and message of hope to anybody who is pregnant or expecting and to anybody who has already had kids and perhaps feels a bit regretful or feels um, sad about their own birth experiences. I highly, highly recommend speaking with a counselor and processing some of that trauma um, because there's a huge component to your birth outcomes and it's not you it's actually the environment and the people in your environment so I was very very fortunate to have midwives and a partner who were very supportive 
And I really do think that they were equally as important in the whole situation as was I. Um, And that was one of the major reasons why I wanted to have a home birth is to have more control over the situation Um, because I had a lot of anxiety and hospitals make me nervous. And so those were some of the reasons I chose a home birth. And I know that not everybody is able to have a home birth. Not everybody wants a home birth and not everybody even um, maybe if you have a higher risk birth, you know, that might not even be an option given to you. And I think you can have an equally amazing experience in a birth center or hospital birth as well. Um, But it's all about your team and the conversations that you have beforehand. And of course, I will always say this, there's a lot of privilege involved and a lot of luck. So all that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know, send me a DM, tag me on Instagram if you're listening to this, share this with an expecting mom who you want to send a positive message to. Um, a realistic message of what labor is actually like. It's not all like, oh yeah, it's it's so easy. Or it's not like, oh my God, it's brutal. You're never going to survive. Like, I don't like either extreme. I'm just sharing my version of my experience. And maybe I'll do another episode later about my second birth experience, which trust me, I don't have as close to even <laughs> having as close to as much detail about because second baby, you know, everything is less detailed. But I still... Both experiences were magical and amazing and empowering and have truly allowed me to step in the, into the power that is within my body. And I wish it didn't take me to till now, till giving birth, to realize the power that my body holds because I truly don't think you have to have had babies in order to see how powerful you are. As somebody who owns a vulva, who owns a uterus, you are magical, you are powerful, you are strong, you are beautiful, and you are capable of anything and everything. So sending lots of love to you. If you are pregnant, I wish you all the best. Let me know how your birth is. If you'd like to work together one-on-one during pregnancy to do some labor and birth prep, to do mindset work, to do physical strengthening, um, I'll share my sh- I'll share a link in my show notes where you can book a one-on-one consult. And I'll also share a link to my base fitness membership because I truly believe practicing strength, practicing breath work, and all of that during pregnancy keeps your body and your muscles strong and supple, keeps your pelvis nice and mobile to allow for a smoother birth path as well. Alrighty, friends, I am signing off, sending you lots of love and happy birthing. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links and we'll chat again real soon.